When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks, and I'm joined, as always, by Ben. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, I am doing well, Scott. What a privilege it is to hang out here with our very own auto editor. A privilege. Yeah, you know. You know, we need to figure out a a definite title for you someday so that I can say, I'm here with Ben. He's the CEO of something. I think that works. The CEO of something. (laughs) President and CEO of what? Uh, You know what I would like to be the president and CEO of? What? Stunts. Stunts? Yes. Acts of daredeviltry. (laughs) (laughs) Death-defying things. Really? Backyard daredevil. Backyard, front yards, even that's well, a bit of daring, do sure. Yeah, sure. All right, are you really though? I mean, did you uh, did you jump bikes and uh, jump? Uh, I don't know what skateboards, anything like that. You know, it's interesting that it's interesting that you asked, Scott, because I had a fascinating conversation with one of my female friends about this earlier before our podcast, and she told me it was a guy thing, and I completely disagree because. Hmm. I, of course, assumed that everybody of a certain age in youth thinks it's a great idea to ride a bike off of something, onto something, or over something. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know what, I have to disagree. I, well, I mean, I agree with her. I, I disagree with you, I think. Really? I, yeah, because I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a, uh, a female jump other kids, bicycles, um, toy cars, whatever. I just don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Now you're talking about your own. You no, know, I don't. I, I mean, here. you know what? A lot of people will say, you know, mm-hmm. I used to do that all the time. I was a real tomboy, or whatever, and sure. but, and fine. But I, I just never witnessed that when I was uh, was growing up. I just mm-hmm. didn't. I wasn't around people like that. Now, later in life, I, I would spend summers on the farm in Indiana. Mm-hmm. We had four wheelers, and we had snowmobiles, and we had all kinds of fun toys and horses and everything. And I, I would say that my female cousin uh, mm-hmm. was probably even more daring than I was. You know, jumping out of the. Uh, uh, the hayloft in the barn and that type of thing, but uh, wow. yeah, she was. Uh, well, I mean, it was, she was good at stuff like that. What's the craziest stunt you did in your childhood? Craziest stunt or one of? 
you already know the answer to this because we've talked about this. We did talk about this. This is briefly. so stupid, and and please don't don't do this. I jumped over other children on my bike. Um, I had them lay down in a row, and I jumped over kids. I figured how far I could jump, how many mm-hmm. kids I could jump, and. I also took my turn laying on the ground as other friends jumped over me as well. Because well, that's only fair. Well, we were trying to imitate uh, the person that we're going to talk about today, Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. The evil and, one. And that's right. <laughs> the evil one, yeah. He, honestly, Ben, it was such a dumb idea now that I look back that the, the, so much could have gone wrong at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't. And we were lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a feeling that you know somewhere in America that happened or you know worldwide that happened and uh, with tragic results. But um, nothing, nothing like that happened where we were, and, and you know, I guess worst case scenario, we got a skin knee or a you know a cut on our chin. It's about the worst. Well, the fellow we're talking about today uh, grew into his uh, famous persona by precisely by avoiding that question: uh, Should I do this? <laughs> That's right. He just kind of did it no matter what. Yeah. Could I? Yeah. Could I? Well, yeah. That was more more of his. Uh, that motto, was his I guess. more of his motto. Yeah. Sure. So. For everyone who's unfamiliar with Evil Knievel, somehow you might not know his name. You might not know exactly uh, the parameters of his biography, but I'm sure people are familiar with him if they saw a photo or oh. they saw an act that he did. No doubt. I mean, the guy's legendary. He's uh, he, Evil Knievel is synonymous with this type of stunt, this, uh, this motorcycle stunt, bicycle jumps you know, that kids do. Um, you know, anything to imitate what he does. And a lot of that, a lot of what we see in popular culture in this type of area comes from Evil Knievel's early st- or stunts, I guess, in the late 60s and early mm-hmm. 70s, all the way through up until about 1980, I believe. So what's the span of his career? Really, it goes from, I would say, wh- I mean, as far as in the public eye, sure. I, it would be probably from about 1965, I believe, up until about 1980. Okay, uh, so that's a pretty long career for someone doing something like this, and especially when we discuss some of the results yeah. of his his uh, stunts. His Bef- before we get into the actual stunts themselves, which yeah. I know uh, that's what we're waiting for, mm-hmm. uh, you and I and all the listeners, we just have to say a bit of trivia. And this was very interesting when you had mentioned it to me, uh, but I didn't get the whole story. He was not born Evil Knievel. No, no, his name wasn't Evil Knievel. In fact, the name Evil was given to him by local authorities, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Okay. But, so you can imagine what's coming here. Yeah. But he was born um, Robert Craig Knievel, and he was born in Butte, Montana. And he, I think he was raised by his grandparents, from All what right. I remember. And um, I think he stole a motorcycle when he was 13. He, um, he had kind of a checkered past here, Ben, and mm. uh, you'll see that kind of carries over later in life as well he's he's always uh he's always on the edge really but he stole his first motorcycle when he was 13 a harley davidson um he was kind of in and out for these little thefts like stealing hubcaps and things and that's where he got his nickname the local authorities picked him up so many times they said you know what we're gonna call you um it, it rhymes with his last name of course evil Knievel. Knievel, right and there was another guy in town that they called awful Knoffel. <laughs> because his last name was Knoffel. No, and really? Honestly. Knoffel? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the uh, the kind of the lore around this. Now, there's a lot of different sources for all this information sure. that we got here today. So some of it, I, I find some of the some of the statistics that we'll talk about, you know, the number of cars, the distances, you know, the, mm-hmm. how many snakes were involved, how many sharks were involved, that type of thing. We'll, uh, I know you're looking at me puzzled here, but we'll we'll talk about like how the, actually we won't talk about it. Let's just get it out of the way right now. All right. A lot of those stats are 
greatly varied. I mean, the distances, the the success, why he was doing these jumps, that type of thing. A lot of that was just not recorded. Um, he had several very famous jumps that were televised on ABC, the Wide World of Sports. Yes, he had seven of them, as a matter of fact. Um, and we'll we'll talk about those. Maybe not each one of them, but um, he did he did hundreds of jumps in his career, and you only hear about a few. And mostly hear about these failures, these spectacular failures that he had because they were so spectacular because he set himself up for this. Um, he was always doing something a little bit farther. You know, if he'd jump 15 cars, he'd want to jump 16 cars the next time. Yeah. If he was jumping 13 buses, he'd want to jump 14 buses the next time. Um, and these are like school buses, right? No, no, like big Greyhound type buses, ah, like tour, okay. tour buses. These are these are big ones. Um he just everything was a little bit more dramatic the next time and the guy was and this is what made him so great he was all about the showmanship he was he was definitely a showman he was a, a big talker you know big stuffer sure. he would always be talking about the next the next jump he's going to do what he's he was always promoting himself mm-hmm. um keeping his name um not yeah. only in the media but just you know the general public like making himself endeared to everybody you know mm-hmm. like i'm going to do this i can do it he never went back on his word he always did what he said he would do um he was, he was a really cool guy. Yeah? Well, yeah. let's go into one of his famous failures. Want to do that? <laughs> yeah. You okay. know, I can, I can lead into it fairly quickly here, starting okay. off with his first jump. And it's not, as, <laughs> wow. it's not, okay. it's not necessarily a spectacular failure, but it's a mm-hmm. failure. Okay. And, and I do want to stress, though, that all of his jumps weren't failures. He had many successful ones, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about some of these because... Well, that's what makes him so famous. Yeah, know? let's go to the failures. Sure. Let's follow his own life. Let's sure, start out with maybe an an unsuccessful attempt, and then let's let's go from there to some of the really cool ones he did. No, not a problem. I mean, he started. Let's see. He started with his first jump. It was in um, Moses Lake, Washington, and he had moved out of Butte because his reputation had just preceded him so much that he just felt he needed. Oh wow! A new beginning. Okay. Right? So he's there with his family. <laughs> he's operating a. Or he's running a Honda motorcycle dealership. And he's trying to drum up business. So he jumps. He decided he's going to jump 40 feet of parked cars, a box of rattlesnakes, and this is where it gets unclear. One or two mountain lions. I'm not sure which. <laughs> one or two. One or two. The well, sta- he, the stats vary. Yeah, that's right. He cleared. He cleared the the cars, hit the box of rattlesnakes, and uh, and wiped out. I don't know if he fell into the box of rattlesnakes. I don't know how the wow. the, the deal on this exactly. Uh-huh. No photos or anything like that. But um, I guess he must have missed the mountain lions because he's still we're still talking about him. Sure. Uh, but. Honestly, that that just kind of got his name out there, and people said, "Hey, this guy's doing some pretty cool stuff." You know, we've never seen anything like this. They now, probably said, "This guy's crazy." And he he gets his. I bet you they did. And yeah. and he gets his inspiration from someone that we had mentioned on a podcast a while back, um, Joey Chitwood, who uh, yeah ran an auto thrill show. He was a, a stunt car driver, mm-hmm. the Joey Chitwood Auto Thrill Show, and I, I saw that when I was a kid. It was really mm-hmm. spectacular. We'll talk about that maybe in a complete episode some other point mm-hmm. um but he was one joy chitwood was one of knievel's main um i guess inspirations to do this kind of work he just loved that show um so so here he is doing these spectacular stunts on a motorcycle and he decided that after this you know i can do this yeah he got together a band of of stuntmen with him motorcycle stuntmen and they toured and it was kind of all over the the uh northwest i believe mm-hmm. and they called it uh, Bobby Knievel and his motorcycle daredevil thrill show, and I guess they wanted to change it. Or he wanted to change it to Evil Knievel and his motorcycle daredevil. So that's what they went with. And I think right away they had some accidents, or he had an accident, I should say. Uh-huh. And um, 
the 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 group kind of broke apart after just maybe a, a month or two, and later he went out kind of as a solo act. And then in 1967, he made his first appearance on ABC, and this is this is kind of monumental because this is his first national appearance on ABC. Uh, wide uh, there, World of Sports. Um, you know what? I, at this point, I don't know if it was necessarily the Wide World of Sports. It was just ABC coverage of another motocross event. Okay. So he's there doing this kind of um, an exhibition before the the uh, the big event that happens, and it's funny. He you know he comes in. He's in like just a regular suit. He's got his hair all clean cut and everything. Uh-huh. Totally doesn't look like what he does later in life. But um, real young guy, real clean cut, um, military looking almost, and. He jumped 16 cars successfully in Gardena, California on, uh, I think it was in May of 1967. Well, by the end of that year, this is December 31st, that's when he made his, well, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of backtrack here, but this is December 31st, 1967 is when he made his big national debut, I guess. You would say the, the biggest splash he could, he could make. Okay. Um, and this is jumping the, the fountains at Caesars Palace. Oh, yes. And yes. now, the interesting thing about the Caesar Palace jump is that it wasn't originally aired, it wasn't aired live on ABC originally. It's, it's, ABC's famous for airing this clip of, of uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the failed attempt. And we'll talk about the attempt right now, but um, what happened was that there's, there's this kind of convoluted way that it was eventually picked up by ABC. Um, Remember, I told you he was a big showman. He's always trying to encourage, you know, people to watch him and trying. He's a big showman. A, um, I guess, trying to drum up attention is what he's always trying to do. Yes. Well, what he did was he's in Caesar. He's he's there in Las Vegas to watch a fight. Saw the fountains. Decided it would be a good idea to jump them. This is in like November, and by December 31st, he had it set up. He's going to do it on New Year's Eve in front of Caesar's Palace. Now you think that's pretty remarkable because he has no contacts. He's really just a guy jumping motorcycles right at this point right no name made for himself nationwide what he did was he he made up a fictitious company he called himself uh hang on a second evil knievel enterprises and then he also he also had three people call in or possibly himself i don't even know the, the details as lawyers to the ceo of caesar's palace and say yeah, i'm trying to get things all taken care of here we want to get evil in uh, in position for the show on december 31st is going to be great um, really, you know, getting the excitement, built, making it look like there's this big company behind him, but really it's just him wanting to jump this uh, this fountain. It's a hustle. It is. It's, a, it's a big time hustle, right? And he says, all right, well, I'm going to have people also call from, uh, you know, quote, ABC TV and um, Sports Illustrated and say that they're interested wow. in covering the event for us. So, uh-huh. you know, there's going to be media coverage. And, well, the CEO of, of Caesars Palace got really excited about this. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of coverage mm-hmm. and this is going to be good for business. So after... <laughs> He agrees to let him jump the, the fountains, you know, because here's this professional motorcycle racer, you know, with Evil Knievel Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, then Evil goes back to ABC and tries to backsell it and say, hey, I'm going to be doing this jump in Caesar's Palace. You want to cover it? And ABC said, eh, no, I don't think so. We're not going to sh- we're not sure if it's going to be really all that spectacular. Whoops. Yeah. So he's got all this stuff lined up and he's really he's very crafty. This yeah. guy, very yeah. crafty. So. He hires a couple of his friends, uh, director John Derrick um, and his his actress wife, Linda Evans, and they're the ones who actually ran the cameras during, uh, you know, that, that famous footage that you see. I, know, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yeah, I have seen it. The, I, uh, the Caesar's Palace stuff mm-hmm. is, is it's shocking, really, when you see it. Um, he flies down this ramp. I don't know what speed, 90 miles an hour, whatever it is. Um, hits the ramp. He actually does clear. Now, remember, there's 15,000 people watching this in front of Caesar's Palace. 
he hits the ramp. He actually clears the 151 feet that he had to go for the for the fountain. He uh, he missed the landing, and this this happens over and over again in his career. He missed the landing, and he tumbled. You know, went over the handlebars. The bikes luckily sliding in front of him, I believe, in the shot that I saw, and he slid something like 165 feet until he ended. You know, he stopped. His motorcycle's you know catches on fire, is smoking all over the place. Um, very dramatic. He's in a coma for 30 days, and he broke, I don't know, he broke his pelvis, he broke all kinds of bones. Um, I had a list of the bones here. I don't have it anymore. Sorry, <laughs> it's fine. somewhere around here. But um, anyways, that, that's kind of like the the path that this guy's career took from right from the beginning. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he was just bold. He was really outrageous with the way he, he planned things, and he, he never did anything small. He had, what do they call it? He had chutzpah. Yeah, that's is right. That, is that yeah, that's how right, you ben. say it? Okay. He did. And, you know, what's funny, you know, Linda Evans, she's, of course, actress, went on to do a lot of different things, a lot of different uh, television movies. Sure. Um, she is the one who actually had the most famous shot of him hitting the ramp. She's got the head-on shot, and she stuck with him through the whole thing, which is, it turns out to be a remarkable piece of footage. If you ever... Oh, to follow through the yeah, slide? she followed him all the way through the slide. She followed, mm-hmm. I guess, his tumbling body on the ground, but... Um, it's pretty remarkable that she's able to keep with him, and and she was on that camera because, uh, I guess John was better at at tracking him on the ramp on the other side. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have been on the other side, and who knows what kind of shot you would have ended up with. It might not have been the same. So here's a good question, yeah. because his story isn't over at this point. No. What happens on day thirty two? <laughs> <laughs> well, he contacts the media. Of course, you know the everybody is everybody's super excited about you know, um, well this guy is doing some incredible stuff. You mm. know. Again, it's just like what happened in Washington. Everybody's very excited about it. And, um, you know, he's got his name out there now. He's very credible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to flip through my notes here. But uh, he's, he's, he's definitely contacted, he's contacted the media. He's, he's trying to set up the next jump is what he's doing. Yeah. If, if you can believe that. I mean, here's the guy just fresh out of a coma. Still he's in got, the hospital. Still probably. in the hospital, really. Yeah, he's got, you know, I, I would bet that he's, you know, still has broken bones that he can't even move with you know they're, right. they're probably telling him he can't walk at this point sure and he's already setting up his next stunt see i guess for our listeners we could also take a moment to say we love this guy because the the very idea of s- pretending to have your own company right mm-hmm. um which he he never got arrested for this scam <laughs> no no i didn't and and going into a coma for a month yeah a lot of people would have given up at that point. I would think so, yeah. I would think that somebody would say, you know what, I need to reinvestigate what I'm doing here. Or Maybe. at least say, gosh, I hope I'll be able to walk again. Yeah. yeah or no, something he, like that. He, this this made him wildly popular. Mm-hmm. So he had to ride that, that wave. And, of course, you know, he's – so here – I mean, here he is. He's in this coma. You're just coming out of this coma extremely popular you know of course abc of course bought the footage right of of the uh of this spectacular jump and accident and um of course they i think they ended up paying more than they would have to just originally cover the event if they had had a contract with him uh so it kind of worked out in his favor of course mm-hmm. um now there's also kind of something going on with uh there, there was a a policy that he had taken out he tried to take out 10 policies against himself Life insurance? Yeah, with the, with somebody, and I guess it wasn't wasn't allowed, and the person that that did this got fired, and and evil actually went back and said, you know what, I'll just take, I'll just keep the one, pay out the one, and you know this accident insurance policy. Oh, okay, so not it's life not, insurance, not life insurance, accident. an accident okay. insurance, and um, you know give the guy his job back, and I guess they did give him his job back. 
So uh, he, you know, he's a stand-up guy. Also, he didn't, mm-hmm. you know, fight for you know ten times the money that you know, and let this guy lose his job. The guy went back to work, and you know, he said, "Hey, I'll I'll just take one. You know, I'll mm-hmm. follow the rules." So in some ways, you know, he. he he did follow the rules, and, and I think it just came down to the point that he didn't want to see somebody get hurt from his stunt. You know, he didn't want to see some guy lose his job. However, let's not paint him as a saint. He was a pretty controversial person, He right? was, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was, he was uh, unfortunately, he was also a drinker, and uh, he went through, you know, he, he ended up having a, he got hepatitis C, had a liver transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, he got in trouble for, I think he beat one of his, uh, I, I don't remember who it was. It was like a press agent or something like that. Okay. Uh, allegedly, I should say allegedly. Sure. Um, but I, I think he's actually served time or something for it. So anyways. Um, so no saint. No, not by any means. No. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, I mean, seemed like a pretty good guy. I mean, mm-hmm. just me looking at him from, you know, the, the, the point of view that, you know, everybody else had the media coverage mm-hmm. um, and everything that I've read and everything that I've seen. Um, I don't know, it just seemed like a stand up guy. And now it's what's interesting is when you were telling us earlier about the variance between uh, statistics about mm-hmm. his jumps, it occurred to me that really what we're seeing is the transformation of something from a real life series of events to this kind of icon or this legend or, you know, yeah. in well, a few decades from now, Evil Knievel could very well be Pecos Bill status or something. <laughs> you know, you know I, I guess. I, I just don't know how many kids these days hear about Evil Knievel because when I was growing up, I heard all about him because there were there were Evil Knievel toys. Mm-hmm. There were Evil mm-hmm. Knievel, um, you know, action figures. There were Evil Knievel motorcycles. Or, um, well, I should say bicycles that look like motorcycles. Um, there were... Um, I don't know, Evil Knievel kites and, and mm-hmm. Halloween costumes and pinball machines. And he claims at the end of his life, he said that um, he made, I think he said $300 million on just the merchandising of the Evil Knievel brand. So unbelievable amount of merchandising. And you got to think of the time when that was, too. This is in the 1970s, really. So that probably actually was $300 million yeah, in yeah, buying 70s power, and, too. 70s and through the 80s, I guess, yeah. because you know he, he wasn't out there jumping in the 80s, but... Um, you know, his merchandise was still selling to the people that remembered him from the 1960s and the 1970s. And weren't you telling uh, Jerry and I earlier that you can still find some of these items on the Internet or something, but there's definitely a premium attached to them now? Yeah, if you have the original original toys, they're, they're very valuable. I mean, like in the 500 to $550, $600 range for the, uh, you know, the, uh, the cycle that you rev up and, and release and it, you know, does a jump, and he's got a little action figure on it, you know, that mm-hmm. you can balance him on the, uh, on the seat, or you can put him over the handlebars, whatever you'd like to oh, do. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they re-released that toy, and I think I want to say in 2005, and uh, I think it's like 50 bucks or something hmm. like that. So you can get a newer version, but if you want the original, it's going to cost you big. What was one of your favorite uh, of his events? Of his events? Of his stunts, hmm. his jumps. You know, I don't, I don't know, because I, I mean, I, I kind of. It's funny, Ben. I was I was fairly young, sure, when all this happened. But I have a, a pretty clear memory of watching some of this stuff happen. Now, I don't know if I was seeing repeats or reruns mm-hmm. in the '80s, even um, or the late '70s of stuff that he'd done earlier. But I really do remember, you know, watching ABC Wild World Wild World of Sports and and seeing Evil do his thing. <laughs> um, now, again, I, I can't I can't point to a specific time or anything. It's just right. it's a fuzzy memory, but I really do. I'm going to date myself just a second yeah. here, and I, I hope you uh, still respect me as your podcast colleague. I, as a younger person, was watching The Simpsons, and mm-hmm. they have some 
ongoing jokes about that, you know, in his own Evil Knievel-esque. Evil Knievel-esque, can I say that? Yeah, sure. Oh, well, it's done. It's done. Uh, Bart Simpson tries to jump Springfield Gorge repeatedly on a skateboard for an episode, you know, and then there are also other stunt drive, or excuse me, stunt jumping characters, Mm -hmm. and when I was but a wee lad... You know, in this watching this, uh, my my dad told me that it was based on a real person. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't know if I've told you this, Scott. During my childhood, my father lied to me for recreation, <laughs> and um, and he was very good at it. So I, I I became quite cynical quite early. And he told me that uh, Evil Knievel was a, a real person, and just the name alone, I didn't I wasn't buying it. Oh sure. So yeah. for years I thought it was something my dad made up. Yeah, there's no way, right? Right. No way someone's someone's gonna name their kid evil. Well, awful can awful, evil can evil. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean nicknames. I he should have clarified that it was a nickname. He's I thought he was kidnapping me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Pretty good. Pretty oh, good. No, not no, bad, not bad. But he he uh, he taunted you for sport is what you're saying. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess that's something that fathers do. Well, in his defense, he's also he was very good at it, and he's very funny. I look back <laughs> on it now and I laugh. But I bring up this father son thing by way of a of a mess up segue because I want to also talk about Evil Knievel's legacy mm-hmm. with his son. Okay. Who's done some of the same jumps? Is he, that correct? He has. He's done most of them, with the exception of two. He's hmm. done. Uh, his name is Robbie Knievel. And Evil actually has four kids. He has uh, two daughters, two sons. Robbie Knievel is kind of the one who's following in his father's footsteps. Um, he does jumps. I, I've seen him jump something in Las Vegas recently. I want to say uh, Volcano in front of, uh, I don't remember which hotel. I've never been to Vegas. <laughs> in front of some hotel, and I'm sure everybody's saying, I know which one it is. But yeah. um, anyways, I've seen I've seen Robbie jump a few different things. And I think he jumped at a um, an amusement park recently to commemorate a an evil can evil roller coaster mm-hmm. um that's maybe some of the most recent things but the only two jumps that he has not completed of his father's career in, in addition to just other jumps that he does you know around the nation um he has not completed uh the snake river canyon sky cycle jump and he has also not recreated the wembley stadium jump uh both of which were evil can evil failed jumps Mm, and okay. um, Robbie has successfully completed the other ones that his dad failed. Wow. Yeah, so um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of That says something that he's, you know, he's going back and doing his father's jumps and, and doing them the right way. Even the, even the kid won't quit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I guess he has plans to do, from what I know, he's going to do the Wembley Stadium jump in London. Um, he's got plans to do that one. And the Snake River Canyon Sky Cycle jump, I don't know if he's going to do that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, now, those were both... Uh, <laughs> I would say pretty big failure, uh, failure jumps on on his dad's part. But um, again, the guy's out there doing it; he's trying it. So yeah, um, I don't know if you can really call any of this a failure, but we just didn't stick the landing on a lot of these. Now the sky cycle jump that was in 1974. I'll just do these quick. I won't yeah, yeah. go into it at length like the uh, Caesar's Palace thing. <laughs> in 1974, he's gonna he was paid six million dollars to. Now this is how big his name got. Remember, he went from making up a fake corporation sure. to jump the, the uh, fountains with no backing, really, um, and paying for all the, the coverage himself. Now he's getting paid $6 million to jump the Snake River Canyon in Idaho, and he had to clear 1,600 feet, which is unbelievable. But he's in this rocket, especially made rocket-propelled motorcycle, which they called the Sky Cycle. 
Okay. And the sky cycle was going to you know launch out the uh, the he was going to eject from it and uh, parachute safely to the other side. So the sky cycle was also going to parachute down. After the rocket launched, the parachute for the sky cycle ejected. It, it malfunctioned. It came out too early, and the whole thing just floated down into the to the base of the canyon. And of course, you know, didn't make it across because of the parachute. It ended abruptly. Um, and uh, you know, of course, he made six million bucks for that. But uh, you know, he he never re, you know never attempted that again. I would totally do that. Yeah, would you really? You? You'd yeah, ride, ride in a rocket over a canyon with just a parachute. Listen, Scott, I don't believe in reincarnation. What? I'm only here what once. What if it rolled off the launch pad and just uh, shot itself straight into the bottom of the canyon? Well, that's that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Well, yeah, I. Yeah. You know, if I was a person who thought more about things, yeah. maybe I would rethink it. But okay. yeah, it just seems would like you? such a cool thing. I know now, it's the six-year-old in me. You would it's do that. You wouldn't, but you wouldn't drive up Pikes Peak fast. No. Pikes Peak takes <laughs> that takes a long time, and there are more curves. Okay, something about being in a rocket makes me feel safer. Oh, really? And there's a parachute. I know it sounds stupid. This is but no, it's no, true. It's, it's interesting. I, I just find that interesting that you would put yourself in a rocket, mm-hmm. a, a one-man rocket that's pointed over a canyon with a parachute, over versus a versus getting in a car and driving up a hill, kind of fast, kind of fast. Okay, really fast. But yeah, don't <laughs> don't act like yeah. We were talking about yeah. a different a different uphill. And it's climb. like no control versus all the control in the world. Well, what about you, my friend? What would you do in the rocket car? Yeah, would you I, do it? No, no, I don't think so. Six million dollars. Oh well, six million. You know what? I may do it for six million bucks, even now. And that was in 1974. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what would that be adjusted to now? I imagine it would just because of inflation, it would have to be uh, it would have to be more, right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I mean, I feel safe saying I was, that. I was waiting for a number, but yeah, no, that's okay. I, that's good. Okay. I don't want to change and, it too Okay. Much. Then, then we'll yeah. get on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. The next one was um, another unsuccessful stunt. And this one, this this is possibly the most famous stunt of his career. Uh, you'll understand why when, I, when okay. I get to the end of this. But now the Caesar's Palace, that was a big deal, but that, that launched his career really right. in the okay. public eye. This one was, again, probably the most uh, famous one. Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, he was going to jump 13 London buses in front of 70,000 fans in the stadium. Okay? Mm-hmm. So he's got 70,000 fans there. He, he's got a Harley Davidson. Um, he hits the ramp going 90 miles per hour. Barely makes it over the 13th bus. Hits the ramp bad. He doesn't hit it in the right spot. Um, and I think somebody said something that, you know, like maybe there's a piece of wood that shifted or something like that. But I'm not going to say for sure that sure. happened. I've seen this. I've seen that. You can watch video of this. Um, again... He tumbles, has a terrible, terrible accident at the end of this ramp. Doesn't slide quite as far as he did in uh, in Vegas um, for the Caesar's Palace thing. But the awful part about this is when he lands, he stops. He, he stops sliding. His motorcycle then slams into him after that. So he's got a, a Harley Davidson that, that trails him and hits him on wow. the ground after he had stopped. Now, this is unbelievable. You'd think he's dead when you see him. He's laying there in the, so. he's laying there in a heap on the ground. People are running over to him. The motorcycle is next to him. The guys go to grab it and pull it away, and you know, like the the throttle accelerates, you know, because they grabbed it on the handle at the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. It's very dramatic. You think he's dead. Um, I guess just a few seconds later, he stands up, or minutes later, he he insists that he's going to get up and walk out of the stadium. So he stands up, and he's got broken bones. You know, I don't know what exactly broken bones again. I think he has. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to pretend like I know what bones because he he broke so many bones. <laughs> um, he he gets up. 
he says, and not only does he get up and want to walk out, he says, hand me a microphone. So they hand him a microphone so he can address the crowd. And this is what he says. This is a direct quote. He says, uh, he says, you are the last people in the world who will ever see me jump. I will never, ever, ever, ever jump again. I am through. And that's it. Hands the microphone back and walks out. And earlier you had said, evil can evil always kept his word. He did. He did. However, he didn't stick to this. Uh, he didn't stick to this. Now, if he promised he was going to do a jump or something like that, he would stick to it. But yeah. he, he couldn't stay away from, from jumping. Now, after this horrible accident, if you ever watch it, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, he did come back, and he jumped, He then successfully jumped 14 Greyhound buses at, um, at Kings Island Amusement Park in Ohio. Wow. So he came back, and, and um, that that jump, that's, that particular jump, is the highest-rated telecast of ABC's Wide World of Sports that they ever had. Do you think he was addicted to adrenaline? He was. He was. I mean, the guy broke, and I know the number, he broke 40 bones. And, you know, that could be more, could be one or two less. I don't know. But 40 Jeez. bones in his career. And that's, I, I believe he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, he spent, uh, of course, he had the, the, you know, he had the um, concussion. I want to say concussion. It's a coma. He coma. was in a coma for 30 days. Right. Um, he, he just was always up in the ante. He was always um, he was always showboating that next thing that he was going to do. He was always in action or in traction. Yeah, that's right. right. Like, uh, what's his name? Lance. Is it Lance Murdoch? Is that right? Is that the one? <laughs> the Simpsons, Simpsons guy, right? Yes. yes yeah, the Simpsons yeah. guy. I have it marked here. I'll, I'll take a look. But uh, yeah, you know, Captain Lance Murdoch, that was it. Captain Lance Murdoch. If he's not in action, he's in traction. Yep. That's it. And, you know, there's another parody of that, and that's uh, the one that I used to watch, Super Dave Osborne. I don't know if you know Super Dave Osborne. Enlighten me. Super Dave Osborne dressed exactly like Evil Knievel and did a lot of spectacular stunts like that. It was a comedy show. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of mannequins dressed as Super Dave Osborne taking a lot of abuse. And uh, he'd never, you know, he'd never be really hurt. I mean, he would be hurt in every show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the accident would go terribly wrong. Or right. the, the, or rather, the stunt would go terribly wrong. But, you know, he would always come back the next episode and be fine. It was, it was very funny stuff. I guess you had to see it. But uh, the Super <laughs> Dave Osborne show, I think, is what it was called. Mm -hmm. Very funny. He dressed exactly like him. I mean, it was a, it was a direct ripoff. Six million dollars. You know, I want, to, uh, I, I want to go around and ask people if they would attach themselves to a rocket in a parachute. <laughs> I don't think that's unreasonable. I think you would do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. where, where else are we going with evil? Well, I tell you, that's probably about it. I mean, his son is, his son is still jumping. Sure. Um, he, evil was just he just couldn't do it anymore after I think it was like about 1980 1981. Mm -hmm. um, he had I think it was in Chicago. He tried to jump a, a, a tank of sharks and there was a mishap there. Um, and it, I think they said something about that was being it was inspired by the movie Jaws because that was right about that uh, time. Okay, Jaws too. that makes sense. Um, so I think that was about it for him. That, that just mm -hmm. ended it. He unfortunately passed away um, when he was 69 years old, and that was in 2007. So very recently. Very recently. Um, and I think he died of diabetes and an incurable lung condition. And, of course, you know, just the, the abuse that his body had taken. I'm sure that it was pretty rough on his body. Sure. Yeah. So um, anyways, he, but remarkable career. And mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, we mentioned legacy of his son. There's more than that. And there's a, he, they call him the, they think he's kind of like the, the, the father of the X Games. Because that's the type of stunts this guy would do, these bold brash mm -hmm. you know just you couldn't you can't imagine these people are doing this type of stunt um so a lot of the x fans athletes think of him as the father of the x games really that's a really good point yeah yeah and you know there's the mtv show uh, jackass 
Yes. That is, that's kind of the same type of thing. And, and Evil knew early on that a lot of people were going to watch him do this stuff because, you know, certain people wanted to see him make it. Others just couldn't believe it and they were just going to watch it. And then However, there were some that just wanted to see him crash. And, and some of those people are NASCAR fans. That's right. That's well. right. Yeah. And honestly, you know, that's exactly what you see in these in these shows like Jackass and, mm-hmm. uh, um, well, I mean, X Games and things like that. You, I mean, you see people doing things that, you know, like you're going to watch just to see what happens. Right. Uh, there's kind of that, that curiosity, that, I don't know, rubbernecking type uh, mentality, which I'm guilty of it. I'd like to see, I mean, I don't like to see it happen, but I'll watch to see if this guy's going to make it for sure. Are you really? I I will. I'd love to watch stunt shows. Okay, stunt shows. Yeah, I, and you I, know I, rubbernecking I, I tru- No, no, I truly appreciate like a a, a stunt done well that mm-hmm. goes well because yeah. you know there's a lot of careful planning, it's involved, but also you know there's just that that little bit of like oh man I wonder if this guy's gonna make it and what's gonna happen if he doesn't. Yeah, what happened to his motorcycle then? What happened to his motorcycle? I mean, I'm sure he wrecked many motorcycles. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did have a motorcycle of choice at the end of his career, um, mm-hmm. towards the end of his... Now, he, he went from, I think he had a Honda, I want to say a Norton, maybe? Norton is the name sticking out in my head right now. He had a few different motorcycles throughout his career. Okay. He ended up his career with a, a Harley-Davidson XR750. And uh, that, that particular motorcycle, his motorcycle, is now on display at the Smithsonian. Um the Smithsonian National Museum of American History, because I think there's a bunch of different buildings, but yeah. it's the uh, the National Museum of American History, and so you can go there and see it right now. Man, if you make it into the Smithsonian, pretty yeah. much for anything, you can consider yourself as an American, an icon. Oh, sure. And you know what? I, I totally believe that that should be there. I mean, I, I really think so, because I think he touched enough people during his career that I, I think that um, it has a place there. I really do. Scott, what about the people, what about the listeners who are tuned in right now saying, oh, no, I missed it. The days of Evil Knievel are gone. <laughs> They're not gone. That's the thing. There's one. There's a festival in, in his hometown, Butte, Montana, uh-huh. and it's called Evil Knievel Days, aptly enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like a whole weekend or maybe even a long weekend of, of motorcycle stunts and parades and just celebrating all things Evil Knievel, I guess. That um, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a, it's a neat thing. So, um, I don't know. If I'm ever out in that area, I definitely want to go to it. How about you? Would you like to go out there and, uh, and see the show? You know what? I would love to. And I think it might take us a little while to get to Montana because we have, we have so many other exciting things we're going to cover. Uh, but for our listeners, uh, you guys, please let us know if you've uh, been to this festival out there in Butte, Montana. Um, and if you just can't get enough of motorcycle stunts, uh, motorcycles in general, all things automotive, please remember to check in with Scott's blog on the homepage or send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.